Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match with you great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I use Anchor in a simple matter. I take my podcast episodes, edit them in Premiere, upload them to Anchor and schedule them and set my tags and my description, all that good stuff. Just sit back and let it distribute to all the platforms. It's very simple and very easy to use and very user-friendly. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Well, we were using a reflector. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say, the reflector, right? And here's the thing about the reflector. I did not know what that was actually for, (laughs) even though I had one. (laughs) I use it to block the sun. Yeah. Hey, if you have to do it, you have to do it. Right, right Bob. Just saying, yeah. I didn't even know what that was for. Yeah. So we learned the light, and lighting yeah. is extremely important. And just because it's daylight outside does not mean that's lighting. Yeah. You know, there's some shadows and everything else yeah. going on. So yeah. I mean, but that's nat. I mean, natural shadows and stuff like that. I mean, some harsh shadows are terrible, especially at 11 a.m. I learned. Right. I learned a lot. Hello to my Frame Chasers. It's Wednesday and you already know what it is. A new episode of Chasing the Frame. Today I'm with Lamont Tay Faison. I always I always mess up your name, man. Lamont Faison. Lamont Faison. Okay, because yes. I always hear the, the E at the end sometimes from people too. So I'm yeah. like, let me make sure I get this correct this time. I'm terrible at names and last names. So <laughs> yeah, how are good. you? We're good, man. I'm doing outstanding. How are you today? Oh, you know, it's Sunday. I can't complain. Right. So why would you complain on a Sunday? Hey, man, you know, it's business. Business don't stop. Business don't stop. But before we get into the cast, I just want to thank everyone for listening. And remember, if you aren't a Patreon member, you know, we have three different tiers. So from a dollar, $2, and $5, a dollar will get you the podcast three days before it airs. $2 will get you five days before it airs. And $5 will give you the podcast a week before it airs. So basically, you can listen to next week's podcast today, which is a pretty good deal, I think. And then also, we're selling shirts at teespring.com slash stores slash Chasing dash the dash frame. You can get your basically men's and women's hashtag frame chaser shirt in black with white lettering ranging from about $20 to about $25.99 for that tri-blend shirt. I have both the crew neck. I have both the tri-blend and the V-neck. I highly recommend, like always, super soft, super comfy. Won't lie to you there. And again, men's and women's crew neck, V-neck. Get ready to rock and roll with those shirts, man. I want to see you guys. Send me pictures if you have them. And then let's get to it, guys. Who's ready to chase frames today? So Lamont. First question I ask everyone on the podcast, where are you from originally? I am from Los Angeles, California, South Central Los Angeles. Okay. So second question I ask everyone on the podcast is what was the first uh, TV show, movie, actor, director, book that got you saying, I want to do this? Pursuit of Happiness. Pursuit of Happiness. Will Smith. The movie. Yes, the movie. Um, I thought the movie was fascinating and and I'm a big fan of storytelling. And I'm a fan of um, true yeah. stories, right? Because okay. they, 
they they help people out. They assist people in their thinking when they watch people overcome certain yeah. um, traumas in their life or setbacks. So I, I'm a big fan of that. And so when you saw that, you're you're at you're at you know I guess uh, in the movie theater, just clicking with you. And then what do you do after that? Like where do you go? I'm gonna write a movie. I'm gonna you know you know check out some movie more movies like learn my craft. I don't know what what was what was in your head. I think for me it was. Um, I love good storytelling. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't just that movie. Yeah. But that was the movie I think that got me over the hump. Gotcha. Um, I wasn't 100% sure if I could actually write a movie. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. it didn't necessarily happen right yeah. then. But I would watch that movie over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, and also another movie, um, Finding Forrester. Okay. With yeah. Sean Connery. And right? uh, um, what's his face? Uh, um, I forgot the um, young black actor's name. But, he's in um, everything. Uh, his name was Forrest Jamal Whitaker. in the movie. Forrest Whitaker, right? No, no. Um, what I thought he wasn't young fine. man's name. Anyway, I forgot his name. But anyway, the movie was awesome. And so, you know, I got addicted to storytelling. And I said, I can do that too. And so I think that's what motivated me to write my um, film, From the Inside Looking Out. Was it Rob Brown? Does that sound right? This guy? Yep, that's him. That's his name. His name is Rob Brown. Rob Brown, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it was... Man, a freaking awesome story. I never man. saw that movie, actually. Oh, my God, that movie is awesome. You got to check it out. Well, it's called Finding Forrester. I think my roommate actually has that movie. Yes, what, it's an awesome movie. What, what's so awesome about it? Um, the storytelling and the person mm-hmm. that comes from nothing yeah. triumphs yeah. and becomes a genius, basically. He's basically a genius living mm-hmm. in the ghetto. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. and, and, and he tries to hide that from his friends. Interesting. Because he don't want them to see that or yeah. make them feel bad in a certain way because of who he is. Oh, my God. I love that movie. Oh, well, I'll definitely check that yeah, out. Yeah, it's Holy an awesome shit. movie. Yeah. Yeah. So you see those movies. You're looking at them. And then when did you get the bug to write? Or I know you're always, did you always write? I've always written. I've never written a uh, movie, yeah. but I've written books, yeah. um, raps, yeah. songs, and things like that. So I, I believe I had the ability mm-hmm. to write. But now writing a movie is a different animal yeah. because sequence is important. Yeah. You know, you just don't throw stuff out there. Let me ask you this then. But let's go to your writing a little bit then. Mm-hmm. When did you start getting the bug for writing? When did you find out like you wanted to start writing and stuff like that, if I may ask? Um, eighth grade. Okay. I remember sitting at the table. Um, well, let's digress. Okay. First thing is I was a big fan of quitting jobs. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but <laughs> eighth grade, ninth grade, I would quit jobs because I wanted to write. And so I remember sitting at the kitchen table and yeah. writing rap songs. Okay. And my mother used to say, boy, you better go get a job. Why'd you quit that job? Yeah. Man, I'm young. Eighth, yeah. ninth grade. I had, I was 16 working yeah. at Long John Silver's. <laughs> And uh, but I quit yeah. that job. I, yeah. If I get an opportunity, I'm doing it. Understandable. And one day, Ray Parker Jr. Um, I was doing demos. Yeah. And Ray Parker Jr. For those who don't know, that's the guy who did Ghostbusters. Yeah. And he also wrote Mr. Telephone Man for Mr. Uh, for New Edition. Okay. And his people contacted my manager. Okay. And asked me if I would write a rap. Well, how'd you get a manager song. then? When did well, you get a manager? So probably around. I want to say probably around 11th or 12th grade. Okay. I was working with a guy named Rory McAllister. He was out here in Vegas, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, he hit me onto all that because I didn't know anything about that. He's like, look, man, you need a manager. Yeah. You know, and we was doing demos, but yeah. I had nobody representing me. Mm-hmm. And her name was Nina Griffin. Okay. And she represented me, and, and they would get information. And she called me one day and said, hey, Ray Parker Jr. is looking for a writer, and they, they want oh. to know if you'll come out there and write. 
Man, I went to Hollywood, man, and I was on Lancashire <laughs> Boulevard. I remember it. And remember, I'm young yeah, now, yeah, so definitely. I am impressionable. Yeah. And so once I did that, and I wrote, and they accepted the song. Yeah. The song is called "Love, Sex, and Money." It's on the album today. Okay. Called "I Love You Just the Way You Are." Okay. And and my stage name was MC Mellow. Okay. Right. And yeah. I wrote it, man. I was like, oh my god, I can write. I can yeah. actually do this. Somebody professional yeah. likes it. So that gave me yeah. some confidence. In How this. nervous were you trying to write for Ray Parker? Jr.? It wasn't that hard. It wasn't that hard because I would all always write yeah, raps. Yeah. So if you would ask me to write a song, yeah. I may have been nervous. Yeah. But to write a rap, yeah. I wasn't nervous. Okay. Because yeah. I was like, because, you know, especially a big time person mm -hmm. like him, I'm, you know, some people would be like, oh shit, I got to write my best stuff. Repetition yeah. and something, that's why I think it's important that you, whatever your craft is, you don't have to be great at it, yeah. continue to work at it. When your opportunity comes, mm -hmm. it was like clockwork. I yeah. wasn't nervous about writing the rap because yeah. why? I've been writing them forever. Them all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Gotcha. Absolutely. So, okay, then we'll go back to where were we? Uh, we go off tangents a little bit on Movie. the show. Yeah, movies. Mm -hmm. So, when you start writing, what was that like? Because you're writing raps, writing you know mm -hmm. books and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, did you get into a headspace, like a weird headspace? Like, what do I need to do? Like, how do I need to do this? What was it? What was that like in your head? Well, one thing about me, I never really made no excuse for yeah. starting anything. Yeah. So I went to a Word document. Okay. I don't. Later on, I learned there was some type of software. Yeah. But I went to a Word document mm -hmm. and just started writing. Yeah. It's actually the same thing I did when I wrote a book. Yeah. I just started writing, writing. right? And once I started writing, then I started getting information that hey, you yeah. know, it's a software. You got to put this stuff yeah. in. But I just started writing, mm -hmm. and uh, and I learned and um, gathered more information as I began to yeah. write. What did you read any like uh, screenwriting books at, during that time, or did you start looking into that more? Yeah, there was. Oh, I can't even remember the name. I still have that book. Actually, there was a screenwriting book. Um, I got it from Kelly Swartz. Okay, and um, that's one of the filmmakers in Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, "Hey, read this book," and I did read it. Yeah, you know, um, I still. The way I learn, yeah. I can read that book, yeah. but I'm going to need to get out there and get in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to need to get out there yeah. and see what's going yeah. on. Yeah, I want to do it myself. Yeah. I need to, I'm need. i better hands-on than yeah. I am reading the book yeah. and then doing it. Especially yeah. like formatting, though, too. Like yeah. At least you can see it visually and then yes. you go, okay, I know how I need to do it this way. Yes. So that's easy. And that's, again, visual and going out there yes. in the ocean, like you said. Yes. Then, but also, uh, when did you come to Vegas then? How, how did you end up in Vegas and when did you come to Vegas? Okay, so I've been back... Um, I used to live in Vegas a while ago. My okay. mother lived here. Oh, she I was a you. school teacher here. Yeah. And um, so I used to visit all mm. the time. Um, I moved back here about nine years ago. Okay. And I came back with a, mo a, uh, a mission. Gotcha. And I said, I'm going to accomplish my goals. Okay. And that was my mission. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I've done. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, that they're going back to the movie then. We're kind of mm -hmm. going back and forth, usually how it goes. Um, so you're writing this thing. And then how did how'd you come up with the idea of this movie that you want to write? Okay, being from South Central Los Angeles, yeah. one of the things that I wanted to do, I always wanted to have a solution. Yeah. Whatever I write, it mm -hmm. needs to be a solution to yeah. it. So I had this ideal about two young men growing up in South Central Los Angeles mm -hmm. um, with the Hoover Crips. Yeah. I'm very familiar with yeah. that, and that's my neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to tell a story about choices. Yeah. And as individuals, we all make choices. Yeah. But what I wanted to do is eliminate the excuses because we have, when you have an opportunity, you can't use the excuse yeah. that you know you, my father's not there or any excuse that I'm not smart enough, mm -hmm. right? So I wrote this movie from the inside looking out. Two individuals grew up in South Central Los Angeles, and both of them had a decision to make. Yeah, one makes a good decision, the other one makes a terrible mm -hmm. decision for his life, yeah. and thus you have from the inside looking out. Uh, what was the 
How long did that take you to write? Um, I, the script itself took 45 days. 45 days. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, it took 45 you days. Just plowed through it? Yeah, it's, it was in my head. Yeah. Yeah, and typically with me, I have a gift mm-hmm. that if um, I could tell you the whole movie yeah. in my head. Yeah. Right? I have a movie right now that's in my head. Yeah. All I got to do is just start writing yeah. and put it on paper. Okay. So I have that gift. How many pages was the movie when you made it? Ooh. <laughs> I think 129 pages. Wow. Right. And That's I, great. I took that to yeah. a guy here, Vegas Kelly Sports. Yeah. He was like, dude, I'm telling you now, that's almost a three-hour movie. See, I had no yeah. concept. Yeah. I was just writing, right? Yeah. And and I took the script to him because I was getting some yeah. assistance with it. He said, you know, this is 129 pages, yeah. and that's just dialogue. Yeah. You haven't done anything else yet. That's yeah. going to be a three-hour movie, and that's probably going to be too but long. That's the funny thing. Like, uh, you know, you look at movies like, let's say, Justice League or something or Star Trek or some mm-hmm. shit like that. Higher, higher. But I know sure. it's kind of different. Sure. But, like, you know, that Snyder cut's four hours long. Yes. See, and then you just take it away. And mm-hmm. I, I like that the most because mm-hmm. I'd rather have everything written out. Yes. And then you can, like, you don't have to add anything. You can't, like, if you, if you go back and you have to fucking add shit to it, like, you can't, it's going to be messing up the thing. Now you have the whole, like, you know. Yeah. Buffet, yes. they can slowly dwindle it down to like what you really the three plates that you want, or two yes. plates that you want. Yes. So I, I I think that was great that you had the one. Well, you know, hundred and twenty nine pages. The interesting thing it was in the sense of okay, now I can just cut stuff out because, like you said, yeah. I have it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But now when I write, mm-hmm. my mentality is a little bit different. Yeah. I know I only write what I need. Yeah. I don't know. I think you should you know. write more than what you need sometimes. Too. Well, I mean, well let's, wait, sorry. I should yeah. correct that real yeah. quick. Sorry to cut you off. But you should write what you need, obviously. But if it's still 129 pages and then, you need that, then, then you still take away. Then it. that's yeah. what I would keep okay. this time. Gotcha, Absolutely. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Absolutely. Because, you know, I want to put everything out that I need. But what I yeah. now do is I go back and look at it. Yeah. Is this important yeah. to my script? Yeah. Because there's a book out there. I forgot the name of the book. Um, film, um, film Making 101 or something. Okay. When I'm writing... No, writers one on one. Writers one. When I'm writing, are all my elements there? Yeah. Who, what, when, where, why? Yeah. And how these stories form? Yeah. That's all I'm looking at. If I got unnecessary stuff in there, I now I'm I'm now able to pull that away and say, mm-hmm. no, nah, I'm not doing that. I don't need that. You know, I don't need yeah. that. Right. Because now I'm getting better. Yeah. At writing. Well, you know what I mean? If you're writing like the unnecessary, would the unnecessary stuff be like just fluff, or are we talking? Oh, okay, just fluff. It's fluff. Okay, it's, it's not fluff. like a subplot or a sub. Yes, thing. it's oh, fluff. Okay, just the fluff. It's okay, fluff. Okay, just making sure. Just want yeah. to clarify and verify as Tony, uh, Tony Robbins. Yes, 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 yes. It's it's fluff. Um, but I'm getting better at it, you know, and that's yeah. important. Yeah. And how many? I mean, you wrote that one, then you wrote another one. How many? How many scripts have you written in general? I have three total. Okay. Um, the poet. Yeah. Um, from the inside looking out, the yeah. poet, and now lyric. Okay. And um, and some shorts that I'm yeah. working on. Yeah. How, what have you learned? I mean, before, besides the fluff and stuff like that, what else have you learned from writing as a as a screenwriter? Um, for me, I think the most important thing that I've learned is consistency. Yeah. And sequencing. Mm-hmm. That's extremely important when you're telling a story mm-hmm. and bringing the audience in with you. Right. Yeah. It's easy for us to write from my own point of view. Yeah. But now when I write. I want you to see what I'm writing. I want you to visualize a character. Gotcha. And the other thing that I've learned that character development is important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I did that great the first time. Yeah. But I did it. Yeah. So now it's one of my focus when I write because, let's say I sell the script. Yeah. Or are you reading it? Yeah. And you say, well, he sent this to me to see if I want to do this part. You mm-hmm. ought to know everything about that character. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I didn't do that initially, but mm-hmm. I've learned that in the in process. Do you, writing that also does it help um, the actors? As actors also need to find a voice for the character, 
allowing that character breakdown, do you, does that still allow them to find their voice for that character as well? Yes. I think, I think first of all, they know who the character is yeah. and then they're able to, especially good actors, yeah. right? They're able to take that character and say, Oh, I can do this. I mm-hmm. understand exactly what yeah. you're saying. Um, initially when I did it, I had actors calling me, mm-hmm. well, what about this? Well, what do you think about this? Yeah. That means I didn't do a great job at character development. Yeah. The truth of the matter is I didn't know a whole lot about character development yeah. other than the fact from my own point of view, mm-hmm. this is what I saw. Yeah. But when it comes to writing, you got to remember somebody else is yeah. playing that part. That's true. Yes. And they need to understand that character so they can put on the best. Uh, sure they can. Well, let me ask you this too, because we're going keeping the character development thing too. It's like a lot of actors I've talked to are like you know the Adler Meisners and stuff like that, where they have to commit to memory. Not get, as in, you know, um, bring in personal experiences and stuff like that. Mm. I mean, if they're calling you, maybe that's the style of the acting to ask you the questions about the character. Would that like? Would you accept that? Like, yeah, I, that. I will. But the other thing is, is that if yeah. I was being objective yeah. for myself and being honest with okay. myself, yeah. I said, I didn't explain that well enough. Okay. Or okay. I didn't develop that character. Okay. And one thing about me, if I'm going to be good, I got to be honest. Yeah. I got to know when I need to improve in the yeah. area. You know, you shouldn't have to call me about certain things that I should have had already added. To gotcha. That, right. Okay. And and that's what they did. And that's fine because yeah. I'm learning, learning from that. So, oh, no, no. I'll just, I was just asking yeah, that question yeah. just to see what, what the mindset for that would be yes. as well. Um, so then when you made from the inside looking out, mm-hmm. what was that whole process like? What was it? But even before you start taking the camera and pressing the record button, what were uh, the pre-production steps? Did you have any pre-production steps? Did you, did you, um, did, did you plan? How did you plan it out? So I was working with a young lady named yeah. Gail. Now, first of all, we didn't have a whole lot of experience. Yeah. Um, that's first thing. So when you say pre-planning, ah, I don't know how well we plan. <laughs> I'm not going to get in here and tell that story because we was all over the place. Yeah. And uh, and I, my ego was big as well. My yeah. my head was yeah. big. Like, uh-uh, I got it. I'm going to do it. We yeah. can do it right. Um, but you got to listen to people yeah. in this business, yeah. right? And especially people that's trying to help you. Yeah. But um, I didn't know a lot. Mm. So whatever I wrote. Yeah. Let's go shoot it. Yeah. In fact, I shot it. Yeah. Most of that movie, mm-hmm. right? And here again, didn't have a whole lot of experience. Yeah. But I had um, which one? We had balls. Yeah. <laughs> we gonna shoot this sucker, right? Look, I don't have a clue about shooting in the thirds and all. <laughs> didn't have a clue. So when it came to editing, the editor was like, "Well, you know, some of this stuff is a little difficult to use because yeah. you shot it wrong, yeah. right?" But here again, I tell everybody out there that's trying to do something, whether it's film, mm-hmm. what whatever it is, is that. Go for it anyway. Yeah. You know, because the reason why I can talk to you today is because I actually did it. Yeah. And I can talk to you about the mistakes that I made. Yeah. So when the next project come, I'm going to probably make some mistakes. It's just yeah. going to be Less. those mistakes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, the casting process, because Adia has been on the show. Mm-hmm. How did you um, How did you guys get that casting process out there too? Um, Gail was actually the casting director. Okay. So she's very good at organizing. Mm-hmm. And I think casting went well, actually. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Adia, um, she was one of the main actors in the movie. Yes. And uh, she was phenomenal, yeah. first of all. She was phenomenal. But I think her experience with a couple of other guys that's been in films mm-hmm. before, they actually helped me. Yeah. Right? Um, that's, a, that's a big plus, especially on your first film. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, so they gave me a few pointers. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good thing about it, I knew the story. Yeah. And that was important. Yeah. And because I kind of lived that story and I understood it. Mm-hmm. I knew when they were in pocket. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's the way it is. What, like was it, what was it like directing, too, being your first directing experience as well? Yeah, I want to hear the truth. Um, I, I, listen, if you don't want to tell the truth, you don't have to, but we, we like the honesty if here. If y'all want the truth, here's the honest truth. My very first scene was shot at Indie Film Factory. Okay. I'm the director. 
I didn't direct Jack. <laughs> right? Yeah. Kelly Sports directed that scene for the most part mm-hmm. until I picked it up. Gotcha. Because first of all, I was nervous. Yeah. Didn't know what the heck I was doing. Yeah. And I think Kelly pulled me to the side. He says, you know how to direct. Yeah. He said, because you know the story. Yeah. He said, where do you want these people and how do you want this scene to be? Mm-hmm. And so that was really helpful because, you know, we have this big old imagination. Well, you know, directing is just so much more. Yeah. But I've heard all kind of directors say we break the rules all the time. Tarantino is one yeah. of them. He said, we break rules all the time. <laughs> Richard Rodriguez. Yeah. He said, you do what you feel you want to do. Yeah, yeah. I heard Ice Cube say something similar to that, mm-hmm. you know, on these ride along, yeah, these yeah. shows. He said, it's my movie. Yeah. It's my show, mm-hmm. and I have the vision, and that's the way we're going to do it, Yeah, right? And so I understand that it wasn't one way to do it, mm-hmm. but I was very nervous that very first day. Yeah. and um, But that second day, psh, couldn't tell me nothing <laughs> because I understood yeah. the concept when he says, you know the story. Yeah. You know, so. Especially it being your first set experience, too. You have a lot to – I mean, it's very good that Kelly was at least helping you yes. in that regard, too. And then, like, did you read any books prior to that, like – like to figure out like, hey, let me get, if I'm directing this. I got to figure this out yeah. a little bit. I don't remember the name of these books, but I have a director's yeah. book and a writer's book. Yeah. And I think um, Kelly actually suggested those books. Yeah. And I think I actually went and bought them. Mm-hmm. I, I think initially I said he gave me a book, but I actually think I went and bought those books yeah. that he uh, gotcha. that he recommended. Uh, and those books are helpful. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing is they're they're very helpful when you're actually out there doing it. Yeah. Because I said, oh, yeah, I understand that now. Yeah. I get that now, yeah. right? Because I'm actually in the middle of it, yeah. so. I mean, it's also like, you know, there's a thing I like to tell people, like, you can't be all theory, no practice. And you literally right. went from theory to practice and from one to 100 and like that. And when you say one to 100, that's what it was. Yeah. Because I jumped right in the water with this project. <laughs> you went to that uh, 12-foot diving Ooh. board and went for that perfect double sum- yeah. somersault down. And the other thing is, you know, I hear a lot of these guys that go into film. They yeah. do a lot of shorts. Yeah. No, you went full feature. Straight feature yep. film. Straight. I went 48 yeah. minutes. Boom, let's do it. <laughs> Shooting with a 70D. Yeah. I mean, oh my goodness. <laughs> and when I think about that stuff now, I said, how bold? Yeah. But but it was very beneficial to yeah. me. Yeah. It was. Um, working with people, mm-hmm. um, you got to find patience. Yeah. People have to find patience for yeah. you. But the other thing that I learned is that you have to put the ego down. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And whatever's going on with you, as an individual, you got to kind of get control of that yeah. to see what that stuff is because you work. Remember, most of these people are not getting paid. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, you know, you might take a little bit more heat. Somebody paying you two point <laughs> five million dollars. Yeah, but for somebody that ain't paying you at all, man, I might walk off the set and say, "See you." <laughs> so, you know, but all this stuff is a learning process, yeah, yeah. and I think that uh, it's been very good for me, though. It's and you said you said it was forty five days of shooting, right? No, no I'm oh. sorry, it was forty five days for me to oh, write sorry. the script. I, my bad, that was my fault. Yeah, uh, so how many days did it take to shoot? Uh, let me say, I think it was about 18 months. Oh, wow. Now, here's the interesting thing about it. Because we set up appointments and schedules Mm -hmm. with people. And uh, some people could meet for a certain time. Yeah. So, it took a long time. Yeah. Plus, I was in law enforcement at the time. And I was working. Mm -hmm. So, it wasn't like I was just at home, had a whole lot to do. I was going to work at the same time. Mm -hmm. And... I was working overtime mm. so I can actually afford to pay for the film yeah. and, buy the, and buy the equipment. And that's what I did. I was worked a lot of overtime as well. So uh, the 18 months of shooting, yes. was, it, was it a rough 18 months or was it a rocky road, baby? Rocky, rocky road yeah. ice cream. Rocky road Nuts ice cream. and everything. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, t- besides the first day then, what was the toughest day of filming? Because we won't count the first day because the yeah. first day was basically you understanding the process. I can tell you that the outside scenes were challenging. Okay. Um, 
Because I don't know lighting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, here we go yeah. again. I don't know lighting, yeah, yeah. right? I don't know any of those things. Yeah. And uh, so looking at the film and learning a few things, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, it's more yeah. to it. It's <laughs> more to it. This yeah. profession is just going out there with a camera. So, yeah, I didn't know lighting, so those yeah. were tough. That um, What's the thing we call a block to put, put the light into people's places? Uh, like to put the people, I mean, the, you know, the, the, uh, to block the light from the people? Yeah. Like the, what the flags? We, is that what we're using? Uh, well, we're using a reflector. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm trying to say. The reflector, right? Yeah. And here's the thing about the reflector: I did not know what that was actually for, <laughs> even though I had one. I use it to block the sun. Yeah. Hey, if you have to do it, you have to do it, right? Right, Bob. Just saying, yeah. I didn't even know what that was for. Yeah. So we learned the light, and lighting yeah. is extremely important. And just because it's daylight <laughs> outside does not mean that's lighting. Yeah. You know, it's some shadows and everything else <laughs> yeah. going on. So yeah. I mean, but that's nat. I mean, natural shadows Ooh. and stuff like that. I mean, some harsh shadows are terrible, especially at eleven a.m. I learned right. I learned a lot though. So so then you finished the project. And then the post-production for it. I, I remember, because when I met you, you guys had a trailer already for From the Inside Looking yes, Out. Yes, yes. How, like, um, how did that happen? Like, you guys just go, let's make a trailer, then we'll have someone edit it? Or, like, we, or you had an editor prior to that, and then just, like, oh, we need yeah. a new editor. Indie Film Factory, Kelly Sports um, did the trailer, and they edited it for us. Yeah. Um, the second, um, that was the first trailer. Yeah, yeah. The second trailer, a guy named Charles Dennis yeah. did the trailer. Yeah. Right? One of them was just a teaser, which Kelly um, did. And then we had a, um, we called it a trailer party. So we had a trailer party for it. And um, we did that at Indie Film Factory yeah, as well. Yeah. I mean, I was surprised that so many people came out. It was about yeah. 100 people there. Oh, wow. And so, I mean, that worked out well. Yeah. And uh, so that happened. And then the interesting thing about it, now remember, I'm new to this. Yeah, yeah definitely. The... Um, premiere mm -hmm. was sold out. Yes, three hundred seats. Well, the premiere for at the at the library. from the inside look at the library. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, "What?" It was four seats left, and yeah. they were handicapped seats. Yeah, and I was like, "This is amazing." Yeah, what a feeling, right? Yeah, you do something, and people start seeing you posting mm -hmm. pictures and stuff. Half the people I didn't even know. Oh wow, I didn't. Yeah. I did not know half of the Who people. Are you? I, I had no <laughs> yeah, idea, yeah. and um, so that that made me feel good. Though. Yeah, it made me feel good because I thought, okay, somebody likes to work or they like yeah. the trailer, and they showed up. Yeah. So it's uh, again. Let's go. I mean, the edit process totally. You weren't involved in that, really. No, but no. but the premiere. We'll talk about the premiere. What were your like? What were your feelings that day of the premiere? Showing your film for the first time in front of a group of people that three hundred plus or three hundred people. At that library, which is a very nice library, by the way. It is very nice. Yeah. It's not what people think that you just no. set some chairs up. This is actually a theater yeah. in the library. I was like, really, I was like, wow, these. <laughs> I've been to like one or two libraries back in New yeah. Jersey. Never seen libraries like this. Yeah, yeah. And I will use them again. Yeah. Um, in fact, I got a call from a couple of filmmakers. Said, man, look, we saw that you was at that library on yeah. Windmill. What's the process for that? Yeah. Man, the library was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. That is an awesome library. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. So, yeah. what were your feelings? Um, I was a train wreck that day. <laughs> I was because we didn't even have everything together yet. Yeah, we yeah. were still, I was still working with a guy. We were still running the Best Buy, <laughs> trying to get different things oh that we gosh. needed. Oh my God, it was crazy. But I, um, I was a train wreck yeah. because I was stressed. Yeah. People paid for their money. Yeah. The film, um, for some reason, we couldn't get it on a drive for whatever yeah. crazy reason. I think it started at six. This, it was five something oh already. And, and, and then that's when the editor said, listen, we can run it right off your computer. Yeah. 
And I had no idea, right? Yeah. Straight from the computer. I yeah. said, okay, well, let's do that. I guess the drive was hooked up yeah. and we ran it straight from the computer. I said, okay, cool, let's do it that way. But I was a train wreck that L- day. Let me ask you this. Did you have a premiere date before the edit was done? Uh, or well, let me let me think about that yeah. for a second. Y'all ready? I think the movie was actually already edited. Oh, okay. So okay. it was very comfortable for me to say, yeah, we're going to do it on this okay. day. Because yeah. my uh, my friends who were on this podcast before, we, we uh, set up a date for the release of the film before we finished the edit. Uh-huh. So we were trying to finish, like scramble to get the edit done for the film. And they were a train wreck too. So yeah. I was wondering. Yeah. Like, oh no, it was, a, it was a train wreck for me. Um, once it got started, yeah. uh, I felt a lot better. Yeah. Cause now the film is playing yeah. and I can, I sat down and relax yeah. a little bit. So were you sinking in your chair before the movie was starting and then you just kind of perked up a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I perked up a little <laughs> bit. And then some, and in some cases there were some mistakes in the film. Those yeah. are the, the times I cringed a little bit yeah. more so with the audio. Like, oh my God. <laughs> You know, hey, but you're learning, you're learning. Yeah, but the people they um they congratulated us, yeah. and uh, it was a great feeling though. And we didn't have a whole lot of mistakes, but yeah. we can definitely know we can improve. Yeah, yeah. for the next project. Yeah. yeah. So then after that, where did your head? Where did you go from there? After like I'm done with it from the inside looking out. What was your next step, and what was your next process you wanted to do? I wrote a movie called The Poet. I think I did. I wrote it fairly quickly, actually. Yeah. Um, well, I think when we talked too, you wanted to do Stop and Frisk or The Poet, and you yes. weren't too sure. Uh, did you write Stop and Frisk first, or did you kind of just go, I'm, nah, I'm going to hold that off for yeah, later? I started Stop and Frisk, uh, yeah. but I wanted something to me that was a little bit more meaningful. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing about me. Yeah. I don't want to be known as a black director. Yeah. Okay? I'm just a yeah. director that just happened to be black. Yeah. So I don't want to continue to write films also that just portray black people. That's not what I want to do. I am a director, yeah. and I write. And I want to write for a, a vast audience. Um so I didn't want to get pigeonholed. Yeah. Like, I'm a big fan of Spike Lee. Yeah. But when you see Spike Lee movies, most of them are what? They're right. black. Yeah. Right? And that's great. I don't have yeah. an issue with that. I yeah. just didn't want to do that. Yeah. Right? Um, I guess you didn't want I mean, not to pigeonhole Spike Lee, but like yeah. it, Spike Lee is a lot, like you said, wild black. He has black, his yeah. category yeah, yeah. of people. Yeah. He has his audience. Um, so for me, I want to be a little bit more yeah. bad. So I wrote something called The Poet about a veteran mm-hmm. who goes to war and loses his legs in war. Gotcha. And he comes home, but he doesn't physically go home. Yeah. He lives on the streets. Yeah. So that's what this next film is about. How long did that take you to write? Um, actually, I wrote that one, I think, in uh, about two months as well. Oh, about wow. 60 okay. days. I think I wrote that one fairly quick as okay. well. Um, it's taking a little longer to do because mm-hmm. um, in this process, you go through... Um, you deal with different people, they yeah. deal with you, and you got to find the right connection, yeah. right? But that film is still going to happen. Yeah. That film is still going to happen. Well, by the time uh, this podcast is up, uh, I, I was told by Charles June, yep. but this podcast will be out in like uh, September, october yep. maybe. So it should be out by yep. then. Yeah. We already came up with June, and we had a date. And, uh, and the other thing that's important, too, yeah. is that one thing I learned is that patience – and yeah. communication is important. Yeah. And that's one of the things I talked to with my editor. Mm-hmm. And um, I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. But, and I know we worked on some projects together, yeah. right? But I think it's important. Patience, and whoever the listeners are, yeah. patience is important. Yeah. You know, I get that these things are our babies. Yeah. I don't, have, I don't want to act like that <laughs> stuff. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to act like that stuff is not important. Mm-hmm. When you do something... And it takes it's taking a long time. Yeah. And I know these are your ba- this is your baby yeah. and you want to get it done. It's still important to be patient. Yeah. You know, with your projects. Yeah. Especially if you're looking for quality. Yeah. And I am looking for quality, mm-hmm. right? But here again, all of this stuff is a learning process. Yes. You know, yeah. this is a new industry for me. I wasn't born into this. Yeah. I was in law enforcement. 
You kind of so, yeah, uh, you didn't grow up in it. Well, not grow up. I'm trying. I had a word in my head. And I just totally blanked down. What you uh, you kind of dove into it. Yeah, yeah. And I jumped into it. Yeah. It wasn't like oh, let's ease into this. Yeah. No, I went right in. Boom, yeah. featured film. Bam, bold. And I I'm still like that. Yeah. But this time I understand when I write it, some mm-hmm. things, some different elements that need to be added. So yeah. What was um the process for you like doing your second film now and like the whole. Like directing, you know, that whole thing, especially having a crew this time yep. too. What was that for you being being a now a different mindset in mm-hmm. that regard? Well, the first thing is is that um after the first film, yeah. I realized I needed a crew. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. We didn't have a crew, yeah. it was me and Gay. Yeah. I told you I got a seventy D running yeah. around like Richard Rodriguez. I'm trying to do everything. <laughs> I think but, it's Robert Rodriguez. Oh, Robert Rodriguez, yeah. <laughs> Robert Rodriguez did everything, man. That guy's book was phenomenal. And uh I said, Okay, we can't do that again. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure. Oh, we did it. We had an interview process. Yeah. Um, for the poet. Yeah. And I said, Hey, yeah, we gotta we gotta get some people involved. Yeah. We can't be doing this again like mm-hmm. the first film. And we did. I know you come aboard. You came aboard. Um, Charles Dennis come came aboard, yeah. and um, some other people, superscript supervisors. Yeah. And believe it or not, the process was a lot easier. Yeah. Because I wasn't doing everything. <laughs> I still had a lot to learn. Yeah. But. People had different roles. Yeah. You know, we even had a sound man out yeah. there, you know. Um, uh, we even had a backup yeah. guy that it, when you weren't available, yeah. he would show up, yep. right? So it was a lot smoother. Mm-hmm. But even then, I still learned some things, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you out here on these sets, it's about treating people with respect, yeah. right? It's also about your tone. Yeah. And so I had to go back in and, and, and do some personal development yeah. on myself. Right? Was that after the poet or before This the is po- kind of after the poet. Okay. This is after the poet. Yeah. I remember sitting in the, um, and I'm always honest about this because yeah. I wrote a book called The Audacity to yeah. Think I Can, and I just yeah. released it a few months ago. Yeah. And I talk about that in this book that um, listening to my tone when I go back to hear the replay yeah. of certain scenes. Yeah. I was listening. I said, why am I talking like that? Yeah. You know, I'm talking to myself yeah. now. Why am I talking like that? It's important to me to have cohesiveness when you're out there yeah. working with your crew. Yeah. It's also to be understanding. Yeah. And patient at individuals communicating. Yeah. And talking. And we're adults. We're not yeah. kids, you know. And even the kids, mm-hmm. right? There's a way, there's a tone for that. Yeah. Right? And so I think. In anything that we do, mm-hmm. whether it's film, whether you're writing books, whether you're doing a podcast, yeah. you got a guest on. So you can be talking to your guests yeah. any type of way, right? Yeah. I can't be talking to actors any type of way either, yeah. right? These things are important for our longevity in mm-hmm. my mind yeah. and with people who actually wants to work with you. You know, that's mm-hmm. going to be important later on. So. Yeah, understandable. Yeah. Um, now, here's another question, too. Mm-hmm. And you're subconsciously, though, because from the inside looking out, it was such a success being your first time. Mm-hmm. Now, in your subconscious, were you putting a lot of pressure on yourself to deliver something for the poet just as like, you know, I mean, I know you probably want to have something high quality and stuff like that, but was there pressure subconsciously saying like, Oh my God, if I did so good on this one, I need to make it better. And like, you know, I mean, you want to make everything better, sure. but like, was there pressure like, you know, subconsciously saying like, okay, I got, I got really amp it up, amp it up, amp it up. Mm-hmm. Like, was there anything like in that nature subconsciously? Well, I think the interesting thing is that, Yes, I want my second yeah. film to be better than the first, yeah. especially technically wise, yeah. right? Not so much the writing. The writing itself, I believe I tell good stories. Yeah. But technical wise, mm-hmm. I want the audio to be the bomb, yeah. right? Yeah. I want you to be able to hear mm-hmm. what they're saying in clarity, yeah. right? That was important. I want the quality, the movement to mm-hmm. be better. I wanted all those things. Yeah. And that's what I was going to do different yeah. from the inside looking out. Mm-hmm. So the pressure from that standpoint, yes. However, mm-hmm. I believe that I had the right crew. 
Yeah. And people in place who act, who can actually make that happen. Yeah. So gotcha. I didn't have no pressure in that regard because I believe I had those people in place. How long did it take us to do the poet? It took us uh, how long? As for shooting it? Yeah, shooting it. What we shoot that in about? Oh, oh, I know for a fact. We shot it in nine months. Nine months. Yes. Like a pregnancy. Yeah, we shot it in nine months. Yeah. And here again, it's yeah. about people scheduling. Yeah. Yeah. But the next film I'm doing, um, and I will do, it's going to be shot in 28 days. Okay. 28 days consecutively? Consecutively. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Something's going to be shot every day. Okay. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Absolutely. Um, what has the process for the third film been now? Like, you know, this lyric film. You don't have to talk about like, yeah. plot or anything, mm-hmm. but what has been your process and what has been like, you know, you said you talked to yourself and like watching the dailies and stuff like that. What have you like taken from the poet from the inside looking out and now put into this film so far? Uh, it, hasn't filmed, it hasn't been filmed yet, everyone. Just yes. It heads up. Yes. So right now, the biggest thing for me is my character development. Mm-hmm. Now, so here's, here's also the difference. When I wrote those, those movies, yeah. um, the poet and from the inside looking yeah. out, I pretty much wrote them. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. This time, as I write. I go back, yeah, and I'm looking at it again. So okay, I'm gonna change this. Okay, I'm very thorough mm-hmm. in this film, yeah, and paying attention to what I'm watching on the screen, yeah, in other in a movie theaters mm-hmm. and on Netflix, I'm learning some things that mm-hmm. you could tell a story, yeah, without making the dialogue four minutes long, yeah, right, yeah, you could tell a story, you can get straight to the point, yeah, and so I go back now and I look at lyrics. Okay, I'm gonna change this part right yeah. here, right? So I'm taking my time. So in this process. I'm a lot more thorough yeah. with my writing, right? This is my third film. Yeah. Third time's a charm. Absolutely. And I should always be getting better. Yeah. So when you guys see the script, mm. and the lyric is coming out, you say, oh, okay, he's, he's gotten a little better in yeah. his writing. And now we kind of understand mm-hmm. what he wants. Now we got the shot the um, um, shot list and yeah. all that other stuff. That's important. And so all those elements are added. Yeah. Even if we go back and change it, yeah. I say this might be a better angle than that yeah. angle, that's fine. Yeah. But when you see it, you understand what it is, yeah. you know. And this time, I'm also adding a storyboard. Okay, yeah. Nice. So have a young ladies do, writing, um, okay. drawing the storyboard. Yeah. Why? Because I want to use all of the element elements mm-hmm. that I've learned and everything that I've learned. I'm putting all those into this script. Gotcha. So how many pages is lyric? Are you done with it yet? Or no, I'm not. Well, I shouldn't say I'm. I'm not done. Yeah. Lyric is pretty much done, Hopefully but I'm going by the back. Time this podcast is out, it'll be done. Oh, it'll be done way before that. Yeah. Oh yeah, script wait wise, for yeah. that. Yeah, because script wise, it's pretty much done. Yeah. But I, like I said just now, but I've been going back. Yeah. Looking at it, so okay, I want to change this right here. Are we over sixty pages or? Above, oh yeah, we over sixty pages. Are we under one hundred twenty nine? We're under ninety. Oh okay. Yeah, we're, interesting. We're about. Yeah. It's almost like the poet. The poet's yeah. eighty nine pages yeah. long. Lyric is about ninety ninety one total. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this too, because we're gonna flip the script a little bit. Mm-hmm. So actually, during the time of the the poet, post poet, post poet. When did you become a radical self-discovery coach? Radical self-recovery. Sorry, radical self-recovery. Here's the interesting thing. I apologize. No, it's okay. Here's the interesting thing about that. That's been in process for years. Mm. Um, I wrote a book in 2006 called Unveiling the Mask of the Pretender. Okay. And in that book, I talked about my my life Mm -hmm. and my issues in life, my personal issues, um, abuse, Mm -hmm. and all of those things. And because of that... Um, it wasn't immediately, but I started understanding that it was about your recovery. Gotcha. It was about us recovering from our mistakes. Mm-hmm. And being in law enforcement, what I've noticed is even talking to inmates, yeah. they focus on their mistakes. Yeah. And they focus on their past, which does not allow Tim allow them to move to the next level yeah. to get past that stuff. Yeah. And I've done that for years in my own personal mm-hmm. life. So the thing that I did was say, you know what? Uh, and it was given to me. It wasn't yeah. like I just woke up and said, I'm going to do this one day. 
I kept running into people after I, I got up. Let me digress. Yeah. I got training in law enforcement. Okay. Um, crisis prevention intervention instructor mm -hmm. and also um, crisis intervention trainer. So what they would do is that somebody with, with mental health, mm. somebody with mental health or somebody with issues, they will send us out yeah. to go talk to those oh, people okay. first, right? Yeah. So I had all this training, and I realized that, man, this is about people not feeling about themselves. Yeah. People that are walking around with hopelessness, you know, yeah. made mistakes and they feel like they're nothing. Yeah. And so it wasn't just thrown on me. It was like this was developing in me, yeah, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we come up with radical self-recovery, which is pr primarily a drastic change in mindset gotcha. to yield your desired outcome immediately. That's it. You can change, mm -hmm. but you got to change, yeah, yeah. right? But you got to change your perception as well, right? Yeah. Just like you and I having a conversation. I can take from the inside looking out, but if I'm not willing to recover from my mistakes and admit that they were mistakes <laughs> so I can move to the next level, then I'll always yeah. be in this position, yeah. right? And that's kind of what radical self-recovery is. So I end up getting certified as a coach. Okay. Um, I'm doing the speaking part of it now, mm -hmm. but this is actually nothing new. Yeah. I did it when I was in law enforcement. Yeah. I just didn't recognize that it's radical self-recovery, but it was certainly about recovery. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So you do that. And then you start the raw truth. Uh huh. So how did that concept? How did you go from like I want to do a talk show? What was your idea there? Well, the talk show. If you th if you um, think about it, mm. the raw truth and radical self recovery. All this stuff is kind of the same. Yeah. When you look at the raw truth, somebody's telling their story. Yeah. About their past. Yeah. And we're asking questions. Well, how did you get here? Mm. How do we get to the next level now? Gotcha. Right. Yeah. It's here again, it's people who've been abused. Yeah. Right. So that's the talk show part of it. And that show still exists. Yeah. It's just when we do it, when we add some more um, content, it's going to yeah. be a little bit more powerful because now here again, I have some more understanding as well. Yeah. So, so you have that, but now you have the raw truth. But mm. Now you have the coach yeah. actually giving suggestions at the same time yeah. on these shows. Yeah. So what are you going to do? I know we had four or five episodes of the raw truth. Maybe I think yeah. what are you going to do different this time? What do you plan on doing it with it this time around? Well, if you notice on the raw truth, I don't really add suggestions. Yeah. I'm just pretty much listening. Yeah. yeah. At the end of that show now will be suggestions. Gotcha. Uh, I forgot the young lady's name, but she, she has a show that's similar. She, um, when people are done giving, Oh, Dr. Phil. Okay. Once he hears your story, then he offers a few suggestions. Okay. That's what this would be about the raw right. truth. Okay. Because it doesn't do any good to just hear your story and there's no solutions. Yeah. If I can help, I want to help. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. So um, when are you going to start doing that again? Um, well, right now I'm talking with the team. Yeah. <laughs> the team. And uh, we're having some discussions and we're putting these things in sequence because yeah. we have a lot going on yeah. this year. You okay, know? cool. We got the poet we're finishing. Yep. We got my speaking for yeah. radical self-recovery and we got shorts. Um, being talked about, mm. and we have podcasts. Yeah. I have a podcast, and you have a podcast. Yeah. So we have stuff that we're doing. So. Oh, when you're starting your podcast, well, finally. Well, here's the it, it, You know, it's <laughs> interesting that you say that. Here's the crazy thing about the podcast. I spent a while trying to figure out what I was going to talk about. Yeah. Right? But I'm back in place now, and I'm in zone, and I'll be talking about radical self-recovery. Okay. Suicide is high. Yeah. Right? In the military and out here in the world. I'll be talking yeah. about that in okay. the recovery aspect. Yes. You, I mean, I think we mentioned this, too. I don't know if uh, did it, but the raw truth episode should be a podcast form after too, because mm -hmm. uh, you know if you look at like first take, I know they or Morning Joe or something like that, yes. they always 
have that as a podcast right yes. after you uh, watch the show. Yes, and I think that's awesome, uh, especially to just because it's just the audio. We have already done yeah. the audio. Yeah, yeah the, oh, psh, easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let me ask you this: What's have you started the circuit of um, speaking speaking engagements yet? Um, let me answer this the right way. Yeah, I've done schools. Okay, here in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I've been to several schools. Yeah. Um, now we're going to the next level. Mm-hmm. We're going international. We're going corporation. Okay. And we're going right into people's living room. Boom. I believe what we're talking about mm-hmm. is universal. Yeah. You know, people want hope. Yeah. You know, and I'm, if you think about it, all of these people that have committed suicide recently, mm-hmm. you know, the guy from seeing was it Anthony Bourdain? Yeah. I was like, wow. This guy was traveling the world, man. What yeah. happened? You know? And then I began to understand it with my training is that people, it's easy for us to put on a smile. Yeah. But we don't really come clean on what's really going on with us and nobody really talked to. And, now, and no one really knows. Right. And so, but I, I feel that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I when I was abused. I didn't tell nobody initially. Yeah. You know, I, I ain't no punk. I mean, yeah. that's kind of how I feel. I don't want to talk about that. I'm a man. I don't want to yeah. talk about that. But it affects how you deal with people. Yeah. It affects your everyday life. And if it affects other people, then it's a problem. It's a stigma. In the, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It's crazy that no one really talks about. Their yeah. feelings. I mean, I don't really talk about my feelings. I, yeah. You know, I'm, even though I'll, maybe I'll do it, but I'll be you know, drunk and somber to <laughs> talk about my feelings. But yeah. <laughs> that's me. Yeah. Uh, you know what I forgot to ask you, though? Mm-hmm. I forgot that we had to go back a little bit because I just realized I forgot to ask you this. Is I remember a story you told me. You were in San Diego when you decided to write from the inside looking out. Yeah. We totally blanked that over. Yeah. Tell other people. Um, so uh, when I had the idea to write, yeah. I, w- I did go to San Diego. And uh, first of all, I was super excited. Yeah. And I had, because here's the thing. I wanted to find something mm-hmm. that was going to allow me to feel good about myself. Yeah. And writing was always it. But I was going to be bold. Yeah. I was going to do something that I've never done before. Yeah. And what was that? That was writing a movie. <laughs> right. And so I went to, I went with um, Gail Ferguson. Yeah. She's the casting director. Yeah. And, um, we went. I said, "Listen, let's go to San Diego. Mm-hmm. Let's go hang out in Little Italy's. Yeah, I got something I want to tell you." Okay, and, you know, Gail was down. She was like, "Yeah, let's go, let's yeah, go." Yeah. <laughs> so we sitting at Little Italy's. Um, look, we got a hotel, a Motel Six. Yeah, we didn't have. Listen, we you didn't have. Listen, we didn't have no money. <laughs> yeah. Right, the light was on when we arrived, <laughs> and we didn't have much money. But I think that room was eighty nine dollars. I said, "Perfect, I can afford that." Yeah, and then I can afford the meal. Yeah. And we sat down at the table. I think the place was called Zappos. Okay. In Little Italy's. Uh, Italian it food. All right. Italian food. Uh, the shrimp fettuccine is the bomb, by the oh, way. That sounds really good. <laughs> the shrimp fettuccine yeah. was the bomb. And um, we had a glass of wine. Yeah. And I mean, I, first of all, I was super excited. I said, Gail. <laughs> she said, what is, what is going on with you? I said, listen. Explosion for the wine. The oh, shrimp my God. Posters, I said, I'm going to write a movie. <laughs> I said, I'm going to write a featured film. She said, okay. Now, Gail's the type of woman that she's been around me for a yeah. while. So she kind of knows how I am. Yeah. She didn't even blink an eye. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> she know I would do it. If yeah. I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to get it done. Yeah. And, and I went there, man, and I wrote the movie. But check this out. I was telling Gail, mm-hmm. like I told you, the movie's in my head. Yeah. I started telling her the movie yeah. in my head. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, that sounds good. Yeah. I went back to the motel after we eat, yeah. but eaten and started writing that. Okay, that's what I was asking next if you started writing. Oh, my Diego. God. I was on a laptop writing All right. because I already knew yeah. what I wanted to write. That's yeah. why I wrote the film 
pretty fast. Yeah. You know, I knew what I wanted to write. Yeah. That's, so were you expecting a bigger reaction from Gail when you told her you were writing a movie or just knew like she's in a... No, because I thought Gail would say, okay, let's do it. I yeah. actually, but I knew what kind of woman she yeah. is. Right. And um, I, I mean, it was, it was, no offense, it's kind of anticlimactic because I yeah, thought yeah. You know, she was going to be like, oh yeah, great. Like, you know, I thought oh, she had like a really no. like a big old... Because Gail's trying to figure out what her role is, yeah, yeah. you know, and then at some point casting came up, and yeah. Gail casted before. I didn't realize yeah. she she casted before, but because uh, she went to film school for, uh, what did she tell me, uh, a couple of semesters, mm-hmm. I believe, and uh, so she had a little knowledge, yeah. and, and uh, so she helped me a lot in that in that area. But, uh, man, it was a fascinating journey, though. Yeah. It was. It was fascinating because anytime you get out there and do something that you've never done before mm-hmm. and you complete it, yeah. oh, my God, it's exhilarating. Yeah. Even if it ain't, it's not perfect, Trouble it's exhilarating. Yeah. I finished it right. Yeah. Absolutely. So what I tell people all the time, I don't care what you do, a short film, mm-hmm. uh, two scenes, yeah. you have to celebrate each success. Yeah. You can't really expect other people to be happy for you. You got to be happy for yourself. Mm-hmm. Celebrate it. You did it. It's, yeah. You spent the money. You put the time in. Yep. You ought to celebrate every success that you create. Exactly. Yeah. So we're getting to the second part of the conversation we have usually, and I usually ask people, what is the strengths, weaknesses of the Las Vegas film community? And then also, what can we do to get to the next level as a film community? I think, uh, especially when I talk about the film um, community, I think Michelle Boykin mm-hmm. um, does a fantastic job. In this her, is strength. This is strength. You talking about for the film? Just in yes. General, just in general. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And uh, Michelle Boykin with the Las Vegas Black Film Festival. Mm-hmm. I think she does a great job, and I think that's one of the strengths in our community because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I was in L.A. and somebody yeah. was talking about the Black Film Festival. Oh, wow. Right, yeah. which is awesome because it gives us an opportunity. Yeah, we also have a Las Vegas Film Festival. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And so, but what I was there are a lot of film festivals out here. I just have a, yeah. I have a, I have a problem with that. Oh, you do? You don't yeah. get too many of them? I you think, think? I think there's too, well, you, you can, okay, and then I'll tell you. So, why, so those two, um, yeah. those two that I'm very aware of. Yeah. Right, and I think it's great to be in a town like Vegas mm-hmm. where we do have an opportunity to showcase yeah. our work. Yeah. Right. Um, in fact, I got some more information that I'm going to be sharing with you guys okay. soon is that there's a, uh, let me think of his name. Uh, watch out there now. What's that guy's name? What is the comedian's name? Oh my goodness. I cannot remember. J-, J. Anthony Brown. Okay. So he's doing, uh, independent films okay. in LA and allowing people to come in and show their films. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. So I'm going to, once I get more information from my publicist, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about that. Yeah. Because I think the strength and the communication yeah. that's in Las Vegas, I think is awesome when it comes to films because you hear, even on Facebook, people posting their films, come yeah. see my film, and people are doing, the, they're supporting that. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one of our strengths. Um, the I think the weakness here or the downfall in some cases that we're not really in competition. Yeah. And in Vegas, it seems like people want to be in competition with one another. You know, there's a lot yeah. of, your stuff's not good, your stuff is this, your stuff is that. So let me ask, would yeah. you say, because Lamont's never heard of this podcast before, and he has, and we filmed about 40 episodes, uh-huh. are you saying that you feel fractured and we feel like it's high school drama clicks? I will, I will say it's clickish. Okay, you know what? You're not the only person that said that. Yes. Everyone who's been on this podcast has basically have, almost everyone's been on this podcast has said the same thing. Yes. And that is insane. Yes. And I just want, I want people to hear again yeah. that he agrees with what I just said and yeah. he also brought it up himself before. Yeah. And we never talked about this at all. Yes, it, it is. It is very clickish. Uh, and here's the thing about me. I don't care about clicks. 
yeah. because I'm used to being alone and yeah. riding solo. Yeah. I want to put my stuff out in yeah. the world, yeah. right? And I don't mind working yeah. with anybody mm-hmm. who is competent and who has a vision to say, let's get this done yeah. and let's put out good work, yeah. right? I don't care who you are. Yeah. Now, I, I do realize that some folks are more comfortable with other people, yeah. but I can branch out. Yeah. You know, before before I knew who you guys were, it was Kelly Sports for me. Yeah. But I can branch out. There's mm-hmm. other people. There, there was you. Yeah. DeMarco. I mean, uh, DeMarco. There was Charles. Yeah. I branched out. There yeah. were other people, and I don't mind branching out. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, here again, but I'm looking for quality. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for, quality. Yeah. Yeah. And then what do you think can bring, is there actually any more weaknesses you know in the film in the film community that you realized? No? My biggest thing was just, it was clickish. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm not sure if the process is always fair. Yeah. No, I feel you. I, <laughs> yeah. I, that's, that's, a, that's a common complaint, I believe, too. Yeah. Um, like, you know, like mine is about the film festival. I'll tell you my little gripe with it. Mm-hmm. This is, again, personal opinion and everything. Sure. But basically, I think there's too many. Okay. And I think also, like, you know, if, if it's like, you know, I looked at the nominations of one of the film festivals and like there's mm-hmm. categories, but there's two people in the category mm-hmm. or like, you know, like are really people sending it out to Vegas film festivals? Yes. I mean, also it's local and like, it's going to be like, you have a one and a half, you have a half 50% chance of winning if you're two people in that category. Yes. And I also see like no one in these film festivals at all either. Yes. Like I never see anyone like there, yeah. which is sad. It's like, you know, these people are putting in hard work. And then on top of that too, I think personally people should branch out and go not local. They right. should go to, you know, you know, Florida. Yes. Or, you know, Georgia, whatever. Yes. Or, you know, Utah. Any even around here, so it's drivable that you can go to. Yes. Because then if you get it, like other people out of state that don't know you mm-hmm. are like, oh my God, you impressed us. Yeah. That's how I feel. No, I, I agree. I think I don't think the local thing's great yeah. for you. Because you can just say, Oh, I want a local competition, but it's like, okay, it's local. Yeah. It's not like someone in, I feel like your accolades in Ohio are gonna be more awesome because like, oh, you live in Vegas, but you have won awards in Ohio and like, you know, California. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think yeah. anytime you win an award though, yeah. it allows you to boost your film and oh, boast yeah. about it because now I put that award yeah. up on my screen. But yeah. A oh. work, because the words change, right? Yeah. I am an award winning yeah. writer and director. Yeah. Right? That's different than yeah. I just put my stuff in the film festival yeah. because what's the, uh, the young man that came out here, I, I forgot the gentleman's name. Um, he won some awards in his hometown. Yeah. But it allowed him. That's and this is this is where I go back to say mm-hmm. so celebrate every success that yeah, yeah. you have because he gets to put on that screen. Yeah. Award winning filmmaker. Yeah. He won award. He won an award yeah. for his film. Well, so he goes to other places yeah. now, and you see that he's won. Then he win in Vegas. Yeah. Now you see, okay, this dude won in Chicago. He yeah. won in Vegas. All of those, in my mind, count. Yeah. Yes. I mean, in in that regard too, it's like you know, no one knows who like this film fest. If it's a low, like listen, we have a lot. I mean, I always use one as an example, like the Las Vegas action on film. Who knows? Like, let's say, I mean, people might know who it is, but I'm using it as an example. Uh-huh. Like, if if you don't know who it is, why is it? important that you have this accolade like you know what i mean like a, a one that's out of state i feel like has more threshold and like you know clout to it because oh a out of state b it's like you get another opportunity to make a movie and you won this like you know award from like some low rated mm-hmm. like film festival and you have a shitty movie product it's yeah. like well how the hell do they win the then i feel like you have to start asking questions about the person well that's, they yeah. they and they may do that but here yeah. again you didn't pick the movie. That's true. Somebody else no, picked know, the movie. I know. I'm, right. Yeah, this, I'm saying, this is my personal opinion. Yeah, no, my, I'm saying, my, my feelings about film festivals. Right. And I'm just saying, so even when you go to Sundance, 
the the the, the well, you can't you can't the, really you the can't niche do it on that, dance. right but the niche the niche on that now is that it used to be about the regular guy yeah, yeah it's not it's about not, the regular no. guy no more right yeah um Brad Pitt all yeah. of them they can put movies submit movies yeah. there with budgets yeah the best thing for someone to do I think if you're trying to get into the Sundance thing is you mm-hmm. you submit the Slam Dance which is literally the same mm-hmm. same town same week mm-hmm. as Sundance. Yeah. And you have probably a more better chance to get yeah, yeah. selected for that. Yeah. And then um, last last question for you, or second to last question for you, actually, is any more advice, last bit of advice, nugget, you know. Despite what anybody say about your work, keep working it. Yeah. Because this is how you get better. Mm-hmm. You know, Richard Rodriguez talks about, I keep saying Richard, Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> he talks about um, when he first started the film, this guy yeah. was giving blood. Yeah, I remember to that. get his yeah. film done, right? Yeah. And the book is awesome. Yeah. His film was okay, yeah. right? According to him. But he continued to learn as yeah. well. And so you have to start somewhere. Yeah. And it's not it's not um about trying to be perfect. Yeah. It's about doing what you say you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. And then critiquing is okay yeah. and other people are critiquing it. But if you never get it done, then there's nothing to critique. Yeah. That's and you true. can't really worry about people's judgment about yeah. what your work because everybody that's working on something started somewhere. Yeah. That's true. You know. Have you ever seen El Mariachi, by the way? Yeah, I've seen yeah. it. <laughs> I, I like um you know, I like Desperado more personally because yeah. it's a, I mean it's a great movie because yeah. and it's just a great movie. Yeah. yeah. Desperado's great, better, yeah. I think. And so when you look at people's <laughs> stuff like this, it's like, oh and then yeah. you can see people getting better. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's to me that's yeah. important. We yeah. get better. From El Mariachi to Desperado, you're like, oh yeah, big to- difference. Totally and plus Antonio Banderas is in it. Right. Yeah. Totally different. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. So, so um what's your social media social media? I cannot speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is your what is your social media? We feel like um, to get that out. Everything is under Naz Lamont Face on. My name, L-A-M-O-N-T-E, last name F as in Frank, A-I-S-O-N. That's at Facebook. That's at Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's that's all my social media is under okay. my name. It's easy, easy. absolutely. Easy peasy. Absolutely. If you can't find it, then you have a problem. Absolutely, <laughs> right. And uh, and get the book, The Audacity to Think I Can, because it talks a lot about yeah. the film and my process okay. in that book. Okay. The Audacity to Think I Can. How much is that running for? That book, I believe, is $9.99 online. Oh, man, that's an easy buy. Yeah, absolutely. Under $10. And you can you can download it, or yeah. you can buy the hard copy. Okay. So, yes. I might have to buy it. Yeah. No, I, I won't accidentally buy it this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think I think the book is awesome because yeah. it's about forty five pages of straight inspiration. Yeah, and that was the goal behind that book. Okay, you know, go yeah. out there and do it. Go for it. Don't talk about it. Get it done. Oh shit! And buy the book, guys. Yeah, buy the book. And Lamont, thank you again, man, for uh, you know coming to this show. I appreciate it so much. And you know, guys, thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. We're on Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor. Actually, scratch the Google Podcast because I have no idea still if we're on that. Anchor, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn radio or tune in radio is the app but tune in.com is the um the website um also we have a patreon page like i said in the beginning of the show so if you're not part of that awesome be a part of that if you want to no pressure at all and then i can't do this without the love and support of my hashtag frame chasers and you know again guys thank you thank you lamont again and guys have a great day have a great week have a great month have a great year we'll catch you next time on chasing the frame hopefully next wednesday peace